You are listening to the Scale with Speed podcast. Why? Because scale equals revenue and speed equals profit. Hosted by nine-figure business builders, Matt Monero and Judge Graham. Enter with caution. Welcome to the Scale with Speed podcast. I'm Matt Monero with... The Judge Graham. The Judge Graham. Graham. Here in the studio. (laughs) Coming to you, I want to thank everybody for their support on the podcast. Each week, it continues to grow. The stats go up every single week, so thank you guys for the support. We must Thanks, be, Z, for the new pirate ship. Look at this. Look at that. If you're watching it on YouTube, go to Burn the Ships on YouTube. Check out the podcast there. You'll see the studio as it continues to grow with our tchotchkes. Yeah, I love it. Judge man. loves the tchotchkes. I came in and saw the pirate ship, and I was just like, <laughs> holy shit. I love it. That's awesome. <clears throat> Look, scale means revenue, and speed means profit. You got to understand that when it comes to your business. Scale means revenue. You need more revenue. It solves a ton of problems. And you need speed to condense time, like we talked about in one of our very first episodes, so that you can squeeze the margin, the profit, out of the damn business. 100%. We just take too long to do shit in our businesses. We spin these cycles. We think it's going to get better, man. Time is not your friend in business. It's your freaking enemy. At all. But today's topic, my man, is what I think is the holy grail of business for the next three years. This is the greatest single opportunity anyone in business has to dominate. And it's what we call mining your acres of diamonds. And let's start with this simple question for you listening. Have you bought anything during COVID? Let's say material-wise, and let's say it's a decent size. I don't even know what the dollar figure is, right? I don't. Maybe it was a car. Maybe it was a house. Maybe it was something big. Maybe it was some small. It doesn't really matter. But it could be a pretty could be a five hundred dollar piece of furniture. You 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 wrote a check to someone in which you ended up with a relationship with, right? You mm-hmm. you had to communicate with someone a few different times. I'm not talking about purchasing on Amazon, right? right. There was some communication with someone on the other side of the phone, or in or person. Could be on Amazon. Well, I, by the way, I think Amazon, for as many amazing things as they do, just on a side note, dude, you know, I'm, I'm buying a bunch of shit. You got me in the tchotchke game, right? right. Like I'm starting to buy shit, memorabilia <laughs> shit. And the difference between purchasing on Amazon and purchasing on eBay is like an apple and an onion. Yeah. <laughs> eBay is the worst uh, buying experience yeah, compared yeah, to yeah. Amazon. Totally. Like... You never worry about the seller's credibility on Amazon ever. Mm-hmm. And on eBay, you're always yeah. like, man, is this guy is this guy really going to ship his stuff? What's, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. It's so unbelievable <laughs> how Amazon has freaking dominated that. I have. It's incredible. But let me get back to the initial question, Judge. If you have bought something during COVID, again, not sure what the dollar amount is that becomes material for you as the listener, but you had a relationship with someone through communication before you purchased. Great. The second question is, did they ever reach out to you again and say, thank you, how you doing? Want to buy another one? What else can I do for you? Leave me a review. <laughs> Leave me you, a review. How'd you, I do? Do you have any other people like you that are interested in what I offered and sold you? So let's get real on it. You know the answer is no. <laughs> right? And you and I bought some shit during COVID. Mm. And I can tell you flat out, not one 
time has any of the salespeople ever reached out to me to see how my purchase was, how am I doing, what else can they do for me, do I know anybody? Exactly what you just said. Yeah, let's give uh, stats because I'm always a data guy, right? I mean, this is a real stat. I think it's a, a Gallup or Forbes um, uh, stat, but it's it cost um, 5X to get a new customer, 5X more to get that new customer than it does to sell to an existing one. And then I think the stat also is the existing customer on average, right? You got to have a good company and service is 31% uh, more likely to buy again than the new customer and to spend more money. Totally. So now let's ask the audience the real tough question. You, you're listening to this, you're a business owner, and now we're going to ask you the real question that matters. When was the last time you followed up with a customer that bought from you? And it's probably going to be pretty damn similar to the same answer that you just gave about the guy or gal that you purchased from who hasn't followed up with you. And that is the purpose of today's podcast called Mining Your Acres of Diamonds. Or take away not even bought prospects. Of, of okay. Totally. So, so if you, you know, we, we could do, um, which I know we'll get into your business because you do an amazing job at this, but take anybody, whether you have a low ticket or a high ticket item, right? Whether you're selling a service or a product, you exist because you're selling to customers or you're attempting to. Okay. So whether that's somebody that filled out a, um, you know, a, a lead, whether it's somebody that you gave a proposal one time to, whether it's somebody that put their information in an online shopping cart and left, those are all prospects, right? Do you have a strategy that you're no. going back and you're retouching those prospects to buy? No, you don't. Right. Nobody does. Everybody sucks at it. And that's why we believe over the next three-year period of time, it is the single greatest opportunity for you to dominate your niche. It's the lowest cost, too. It's the lowest cost with the greatest return. So the real-life example is at, at Commercial Fleet this year, the first quarter, we spent we lost $107,000 on our social media marketing efforts. That was the, the first quarter loss in our marketing department. Last month, we made $100,000 in our marketing department after marketing expenses and ad buy and payroll, all that sort of stuff was paid out. We made hundred grand. And the reason is because we pivoted in Q2 and Q3 to exclusively mining our acres of diamonds, going back into our CRM, extracting data, creating campaign and messages into them that we pushed out via text and email and cold calling. So let's talk about one thing we always talk about, Matt, timing and circumstance, okay? A previous customer or a previous prospect maybe didn't purchase or wasn't ready to purchase again because the timing was bad, right? We're selling burn the ships tickets all the times. I had four people that said, hey, that date isn't good for me or we just invested in this. They didn't say no. Yep. They said it was a timing or a circumstance and most people just go, oh, they're not interested anymore. Yep. Dude, you gotta go back and hit them. So we all know the stats seven to 12 times, seven to 12 follow-ups before the customer typically buys. And we also know the counter to that, that most people make one phone call and they never return. We're moving our CRM here at uh, Commercial Fleet, Judge, and we, we bid it out. And we have selected the company that we're going with. 
And in fact, we signed the contract with these guys this week. Just this morning, I got a shitty, crappy little rinky-dink email from the salesperson of one of the other companies that we bid it to. Hey, it's been three weeks since we talked. <laughs> I, I thought I would just give you a follow-up, see how you guys are doing. Okay, appreciate you. Yeah. Let me tell you how we're doing, yeah. buddy. We had about eight meetings, yeah. ran the contracts with your competitor through legal, came back to an executive committee, signed off on it. We war roomed it. We scoped the project, and we signed the contract with your competitor. That's how it went in the last three weeks. Yeah. Because Where, where were you? <laughs> what happened to you, dude? Yeah. You don't need to be asking me what I'm doing. Dude, yeah. We already made our moves. Right. You're the one who missed out. Mm. So how, judge, do we get people to understand this amazing low-hanging fruit called mining your acres of diamonds and help them build out a strategy that they can actually start to put a program together and enjoy the benefit of it? Is it literally changing this company at Commercial Fleet because we have it so dialed in now. Well, so, so I think the first thing, Matt, is, is everybody needs to understand the importance of your first-party data, right? That's your own data, your, your data that you're collecting that is your customers and prospects. If people aren't valuing that, like you're calling it the term acres of diamonds, if people in an organization, if you're in business right now and you don't value your customer data and prospect data like it's a freaking pile of diamonds, that's that's the step one that's the issue. Got okay? it. So you have to set your organization up, whether it's a, you know an entry-level CRM, but how are you collecting that data segmenting it, storing it would be step one and securely going, this is a huge asset, right? If we're gonna make all this marketing spend, we're gonna do all these calls, we're gonna reach out to these prospects, dude, we're gonna collect that data, that's step one. Yeah, or we're gonna go out and buy expensive lists and then start to put something together. Great, what are we doing with that? With yeah, the, with and, and as soon as they interact, they become a prospect, as soon as they buy, they become a customer, and that data shifts from cold data to prospect and customer data. So, you know, uh, we do business with uh, truck dealers, right? Not a lot, because we're an end user-based company. So Bubba the trucker is our client rather than the dealer typically that sells to Bubba. But we, I, I have been into countless dealerships and, and their sales offices. Dude, these are guys that have floor plans, tens of millions of dollars worth of equipment sitting out on their lot. And their sales guys have no common CRM. They are literally taking notes on yellow mm. pads. They're flipping through their yellow pad. What was that guy's name? Hold right. on a minute. I think I talked to that guy. Hold on. What was it? Oh, yeah. Here he yeah. is. Yeah, let me go ahead. Now, what happens in the big organization when you put some scale to that? It doesn't scale well. And what happens when that salesperson leaves? You know what he does? He takes this little yellow note. Right, his magic value. He takes, he's, got, he's got eight of these. Yeah. And he the puts them into his brief and off he goes. <laughs> and you lost the two years worth of work because you didn't put the time to do what Judge is saying, which is this first line data collection. So what we're talking about, we're talking about a freaking CRM, dude. Well, and let's take it a step further. Even people that do that, Matt, where, where you're going to win in this kind of post-COVID era is this idea of being customer centric in, in, in understanding the customer experience. And what I mean by that is let's use like auto dealerships, okay? They think they have this dialed in. Okay, hey, this customer bought in uh, 
you know, uh, in two years when that lease is up, we're going to send them an email. This customer bought, and, 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 you know, we know on average people don't buy cars every six years or whatever. So in six years, we'll send them an email. Dude, no, no, no. You need to understand that the customer level, take a guy like me, I, I trade cars pretty frequently, right? In that CRM, they should be setting up triggers. He likes these kind of vehicles. When those come in stock, I should be notified and I should be alerted that judges had a vehicle now for over six months. Here are four things that match inventory that he would like. Boom. That That is mining acres of diamonds, not you know, set it, forget it, and then you get a email that's not even relevant. I get an email from uh, a vehicle I owned four years ago. I've traded a car now probably eight times, yeah. 12 times, right? And that, and they, they're, they're, they're texting me saying, hey, your you're uh, 2014 Range Rover, um, w- would you like to trade it? And I'm going, I don't even remember that car. <laughs> right? like, so, and so what does that do? That's an awful customer experience now. Right, they think they got it dialed in, and it's wrong. So, judge sends me an email uh, about sixty days ago. I guess I, re- you know, it was like nine in the morning. You shoot, or you go, "This is your next car, right?" Yeah. It's a, a Raptor with the uh, Kevlar covering and and all that sort of stuff. It's green and black. It's perfect, like army colors. Reminds me of Johnny Boy. All that sort of stuff. I think by ten o'clock we bought it, right? Yeah. And um, there was timing and circumstance there because I had a Range Rover that was getting close. I think it was. I think it was like. I don't remember. I think it was 38,000 miles or something. I didn't, or maybe it was 44. I don't remember, but there was that next turning cycle of mileage, right? And uh, we struck the deal and off we went. That was a 70-some-odd-thousand-dollar vehicle. I have never heard right. from the guy that we bought that right. vehicle Right, he should from. be sending, selling you an extended warranty or, hey, I've got a tire program. I've got a freaking car wash program. I've got an oil program. Like, what, I, got a, I got a new Ranger uh, uh, Raptor that came in. What if he said, do you have any children? I would said, yeah, I have, I have three boys. Yeah, what, what they need yours? cars. In, yeah. in, in fact, yeah, my son's about to turn 16, and, and I'll be buying him a truck, which I did and didn't even think about that right. guy. So ask yourself, we can all talk about these nightmare service or lack of service stories and the purchases that you're making, but that's not the purpose of the podcast. It's to reverse engineer your mind to say, what are you doing right. in your organization to mine these acres of diamonds? Well, and keeping them too, right? I mean, if you if you own a gym or you own an AC company and you have maintenance contracts or whatever, what's your frequency of keeping that customer happy and relevant? Right, because if you're just set it and forget it, and you're not providing value, somebody else is going to come along and steal that customer. Right? Totally. You, you've got to mine the acre of diamonds. You've got to keep the customers happy, and you got to go back and touch those prospects. So the first step, these are what we refer to on the podcast as Monday moments, is you have to establish some form of a CRM. Yeah. Now, whatever that is, again, if it's something out of the box, if it's there's something- There's free ones. There's free ones. Sugar CRM is free. Okay, cool. Or, or you could spend, you know- Tons and tons and tons of money to build it, like we did. Which, by the way, we've now, after eleven years of having our own CRM, we have finally Scrapped said it. we're yeah. going to go, you know, somebody else. 
um, go to Salesforce, whatever. There's a million different ways to do it. Now, the big problem, Judge, everybody says, yeah, but my sales guys won't put in the information. I can't get anybody to use the CRM to make the data. The data is always dirty, so we can't trust the data. That's a culture thing. Mandate it has to happen. You're going to work here. This is the program. <laughs> so wait a minute. But does that mean that the manager has to then go in and review the notes section in the CRM? No, you've got to, you've got to set it up. I mean, you know, I know you're, you're, you're softballing this question to me, but I mean, you have to create it around the culture and what you're trying to achieve. And then you have to show the value through that commission. Right. I mean, your guys understand now the freaking value of acres of diamonds. So they're taking the proper steps in order to do that. So you get a new sales guy and you go, hey, I want to tell you, this is what people are making from prospecting. But over a year being here, if you collect your data, this is a guy what he's making year three. And here's the cut of what he's making off of past customers and prospects versus new. So do you think? Mapping that CRM is important. Yeah, it's definitely important. Which is one of the things that you and I uh, teach at Burn the Ships, which is this buyer persona piece, um, which was which was an ad that you put in um, to I don't know maybe in our fourth boot camp we put yeah, that in. Yeah, it's in the last one for sure. And the perfect example of that is I just had some work done to Jackie Boy's truck. Um, it blew an injector. Um, but by the way, I had the extended warranty. The guy right. at the dealership sold me the extended warranty because he said this diesel is going to blow an ejector sooner or later. Right. You're going to need an ejector. Sure as hell it blows Good. an ejector, right? <laughs> so um, the guy at the at the dealership that he kept calling me like relentlessly, like clearing all these little chicken shit charges, like a thirty dollar charge. You know, I just want to be sure. Okay, with it. finally, I'm like, dude, listen, it's I'm okay with all of it. When do I get the vehicle back? Right. And so it's really important as we're talking about this, I'm digressing a little bit, but dude, you have to sell and communicate to clients differently sure. based on their persona. But if you've never taken the time to learn about buyer personas like we teach at Burn the Ships, you don't understand what we're talking about. Dude, you don't sell to me the same way you sell to that person who's who is concerned about the $30. Dude, time and circumstance is not the same for me as with him. I don't give a shit about I appreciate the service, but I don't need you call me, check clearing me on $30 freaking yeah, charges. But, but Get me the back car. to the new version of customer data, right? There should be something in there that triggers your persona so when you're you know, how many touches does Matt get what's the offer is much different than the individual that doesn't you know act the way you do all right so now another big question that we end up having um when we teach acres of diamonds that burn the ships for the third element the first is the crm the second is culturally being relentless to the information going in so it's not garbage in garbage out the third piece is i really can't afford to put in the right acres of diamonds program yeah, no, you, you've got to put it in, and then you have to, you know, uh, activate it, which I think is the probably the last step, right? So, what are you doing now that you have the data to properly activate it? What's the frequency? What's the offer based on the personas? Who's getting what, right? And if you can't do that internally, you need to hire a company that can get that set up and automated because there's, you know, depending on the size of your company, it could be thousands, millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, you're just leaving on the table. So so here's your Monday moment on how you actually create this process. You literally create an email drip campaign. Well, yeah, I've heard this a thousand times. Yeah, but I don't read my email drips that come in from people and all that sort of stuff. No, you don't because at that moment, you don't need it. 
But the right. moment you do need it and the subject timing line grabs your this uh, timing and circumstance and it becomes valuable to us. You would be amazed. Well, you wouldn't because you know it. Most people would be amazed. Dude, we get the click-through rate that we get in our email drips now for our mining our acres of diamonds. Most of the time, there is no click for five, six, seven, eight, nine emails. But that 10th. The 10th. They click it because right. time and circumstances kicked in. They just had a truck break down. They had a new driver. They got a new contract. They got an insurance deal, whatever. And now they're in the market to buy. But you fucking stopped at this sixth email. So what do you got to do to get the emails? You sit down and write shit that you think your customers would care about. Right. It doesn't. Listen, go grab an RSS feed from our industry trade magazine and start grabbing articles from them. Put it in. Guess what? You have a Monday newsletter that goes out to every one of your customers every single Monday. Yeah. Or provide you provide value. Provide freaking value in the form of information. Give me something. So this cost, I can't do it. It's baloney. You can do it. You can get the content, whether you're doing RSS feeds and customizing it. I challenge everyone, don't plagiarize. Don't rewrite the articles as if they were yours. Give freaking credit. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit whether you wrote the article, Judge, or you cite Gallup poll. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in the topic. You probably would rather be Gallup. <laughs> I, mean, I would. So, so. <laughs> Who the fuck's this guy? <laughs> I know Gallup. So. Oh my God, maybe so. All right, go get those acres of diamonds. What else we got on this? This, I just, I want to leave everybody with this, man. You don't think it's worth the time. It is mm. the greatest Lowest cost. It is the greatest, lowest cost, biggest ROI component that you should do. You should stop right now and build out a acres of diamonds mining strategy for your organization and start implementing on Monday. If you want to go deeper on this, come to the freaking Burn the Ships Boot Camp where we teach you structurally exactly how to do it. And by the way, we are sold out for our October boot camp. October so high five out. on that. Yeah. So December, what do we decide? It's the uh, 10th and 11th. I believe that's a Thursday and a Friday. Yeah. So December 10th and 11th, yep. we'll update the site, but burntheships.com, yep. hit on boot camp. And, uh, you know, make it happen. Make it Let's happen. Go. We'll see you down the road. And do not take this episode lightly. This is the single greatest differentiator that you can put into play right now to turn everything around and make the most money. We'll see you all down the road. You are listening to the Scale with Speed podcast. Why? Because scale equals revenue and speed equals profit. Hosted by nine-figure business builders, Matt Monero and Judge Graham. Enter with caution.